With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. You are listening to The Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. Good morning to you, Doug Gottlieb, Dan Beyer, the whole crew in for Dan Danettes. Dan Patrick Show, Fox Sports Radio. I can still say Merry Christmas. I know it's a day after Christmas. We've we've done this before, filling in, and even on my show, which is, it's not like the price is right now. Like, you can go a day over and still say Merry Christmas and Happy New Year to you. I hope you had a great day. Um, Dan, you, like me, gigantic sports fan. Did you have a great day with your... Um, Yes. With your family yesterday? Yes, it was magnificent. I did feel bad on how much I was glued to the TV of the NFL action at some point. Uh, most of my wife's side of the family really doesn't care about sports or at least the NFL. So there was a little guilt factor in there. But uh, I thought the games provided us with a lot of great drama, a lot of great excitement. And yeah, Christmas was great in our household. Yeah, I mean, honestly, you got just enough. NFL football. Matter of fact, the game that was, you know, that you built up what you thought would be the best game was was the worst game, was the least competitive of the games. And and oh yeah, by the way, we also had NBA basketball, which was just incredibly overshadowed by the NFL. It'll be interesting <laughs> to see, you know, next year as Christmas works back midweek, if the NBA can kind of take back Christmas Day, if you will. I'm sure there were bowl games. Nobody cares about bowl games anymore unless you are a complete degenerate, right? Because you you don't know who there weren't. Them. There was nothing yesterday, so we uh, were good. I, yesterday. I meant over the weekend. Yeah. Like today's a today's a Tuesday. People checked out Friday. Right? I know. I, well, there were there were some on. There were none on Christmas Eve because of the full NFL slate. So they wrapped up the Hawaii Bowl. I believe was the last one on Saturday night. Speaking of like, doesn't. The full NFL slate on Sunday. Matter of fact, there were games on Saturday as well. They feel like ages ago. Uh, yeah, you know, I know, ages I know. ago. Like Mason Rudolph and the Pittsburgh Steelers. When did that happen? Last month? Last year? <laughs> the no. Rams beating the Saints feels like it was last year. It and really that was, does. That was the Thursday was that week night one? game. Was that week one? Yeah. Was, that, was that what that was? Oh. All right. Let, let's get to the what, what we got to start with, which is. The last thing we saw were the two best teams we saw, and it was a debacle for the Niners. Let's just, I mean, is that, I don't think that's crazy. That's, that, that'd be the one, that's embarrassing considering how many of us had heaped so much praise on this team overall, and how many had will go to the mattresses for Brock Purdy as MVP. And look, bad games happen. They're not all his fault, but dude, that was 
a complete clunker. A complete clunker. Four interceptions. And then Sam Darnold comes in, throws a touchdown, throws a pick of his own late. Five total interceptions. So, of course, now the the odds towards the MVP, if you care about that thing, flip. Um, and by the way, with the Cowboys, again, the Cowboys' loss was the night before, right, to the Miami Dolphins. We need to get that with the Eagles' win. Okay, so the Eagles kind of still hanging around for home field. And the Niners now um, letting us know that they're beatable. But the big thing was the, the four interceptions from the quarterback. Here's Kyle Shanahan, head coach of the Niners, sing, summing up the loss. I thought our defense came out ready to go and we're doing a decent job and they only could do it for so long. I thought the way we were struggling on offense in the third quarter um, led to some missed tackles. I think we gave five first downs on penalties today. Um, saw all that happen. So, no, I'm not going to sit and say they're demoralized or anything. I just, we weren't very balanced throughout our whole team today. Uh, here's Kyle Shanahan on the five turnovers and, and the lack of production with the run. You know, I thought we came out hard ready to go you know offense defense special teams but um you know for that first half when you have those three turnovers um and you do those things and you miss some opportunities and you're down 16 to 12 you got not much to show for i thought we blew a bunch of opportunities in that first half in the second half when you know that third quarter was a rough one and then unraveled after that so anytime you got five turnovers over 100 yards and penalties um that's how it should be well, okay, so let's get into this, Dan, because yeah. I think w- there's, there is a Lamar discussion, and the game became a blowout late, but if you watched that game, and I know you did, uh, it wasn't like he was really sharp to start the game, um, and I thought the Niners' defense was excellent. I thought the Ravens, you talk about not taking advantage of opportunities, they could really do very little with all those extra opportunities. I mean, the fact you have three first-half turnovers and you're only down four, um, kind of shows that, that the Ravens weren't able to run away and hide. But but instead of making it about the Ravens, let's how much of this is a bad game? How much of it is Brock Purdy's ceiling for you? Yeah, this is obviously it was a bad game. Uh but this is part of the problem I think that with the NFL is not that the Niners were bum slayers because they handled the Cowboys with ease. They you know, went to Philadelphia, dominated them. But when you get a defense like this, and there are very few in the National Football League, Doug, that have what Baltimore does and will hit you in the mouth, somewhat similar to even what the, the 49ers can do. Uh, that's that's different. And and that's why, you know, your your point about using it of a debacle for the 49ers, it's a it's a hard word. It's a it's a heavy word. But it, it may be apropos because it took a, I think it took a bit of the invincibility shield off of them. And then when you go to Brock Purdy and you think of just the plays that the Ravens were making, you're right. It, it was a close game. Uh, the Niners defense, I think, does have issues. But there was a sense of maybe bending don't break because they were put in such awful situations. And Brock Purdy last night just never closed a gap that the 49ers needed to close because of how much the Ravens were better than they were last night. And I think that's what was so, you know, the thing that shines the most. You know, you're right. Lamar wasn't pinpoint perfect last night, but some of the plays that he made when they needed to, uh, you know, third down scrambles, avoiding the rush, yeah, man, it's just, it's a different story. You're right. I mean, look, and this has been my point 
okay, to the to all the the Brock Purdy truthers out there, if you will, right? Which is, I'm not saying he's not playing great up until obviously yesterday, and I'm not saying he's not a starting caliber quarterback. He's good, and and look, part of it is the the NFL misses on guys. They just do. You know, you missed on Tom Brady to some level. You missed on Joe Montana. We go through and. Um, you know, you can say they missed on Jalen Hurts, although I, I do think that some of the flaws of Jalen Hurts this year um, show you why he was a second-round pick and, and by many people's boards, a third-round pick. Like, look, Brock Purdy was it was Mr. Irrelevant, but it wasn't like people were screaming, like, hey, how come you haven't taken Brock Purdy yet? You know, we, he, we saw him at Iowa State. If you watched, he was good, and he lifted that program early in his career to heights that no one expected. But then when people expected things of him, he did not have a good year last year. He did not have a great year last year, which is kind of what this is. like. If you expect him to play at an elite level for a long period of time in the NFL, one, based upon his lack of experience, he's probably not ready. And then two, like that's just a different level of football. I can't explain it any other way. And... And, and the NBA is probably the, the greatest example. You know, we see things change so dramatically in the playoffs, but sometimes there's these big NBA games. It's, it's like the Lynn Sanity thing, right? It's like for, for two weeks, Jeremy Lynn dominated the NBA. And I, I'll never forget this. Right? You remember the game that really ended Lynn Sanity? No. Which, what was they it? went to Miami and they played the Heat. And, and I, I only remember it because... Uh, my buddy Matt Holiday was in in spring training. He's like, "Hey, do you know anybody with some tickets?" Finally, we got around to get him two tickets. It was a hotter ticket than the NBA Finals. He said Floyd Mayweather walked in with like seven other dudes and sat, and like seven bodyguards and sat in the front row holding a lot of cash. Like it was a who's who, and you know it was like the Heat. It, you know, if you it was almost like what Jordan and Pippen did to Tony Kukoc in the in the first Olympic Games thing, right? It's like the Heat were picking on Jeremy and like, we're going to end this thing right right now. It's just a different level of basketball. That, that's what this is. Now, I, I think he can play. But I also think that what you see, Lamar Jackson just has a cheat code with the athleticism. And he has a, you know, he, he's got some skilled dudes. But, like, what what is the cheat code? It's his I guess his accuracy, but he has to he has to guess and guess early. And the Kyle Hamilton interception, the first interception, is the perfect example of that. You know, Aikman kinda gave a pass. It's like, well when it's your third read, like, no, it's pretty easy actually, even to the to layman Troy, you know that. Right? As soon as he gets released by the linebacker, that's when you hit him. Um and but you know, again, part of that is when you're having to process and guess instead of, you know, being so quick and so reactive and having just a laser cannon of an arm to sneak it in there. So I, I again, I like last week, I, Niners fans drug me because I said, Hey, I thought there's about 15 quarterbacks in the NFL that could at least 15 quarterbacks that could do what he's done this season because it's such an incredible roster. And I, I keep being told that I'm wrong. And yet when you're out without McCaffrey, without Trent Williams, the picks become a problem. And then last night in a, in a standalone game when a very good defense gets a chance to prepare it, again, like not everyone is on him, but at some point they're on him. And four is a gigantic number. And it wasn't like they were marching up and down the field and they were, you know, tip balls in the end zone. Like, no, nah, that's how it happened. They looked, uh, with the exception of that, a couple of McCaffrey runs and a couple of completions, 
they they look like a shell of themselves against the Niners defense against the Ravens defense. The four interceptions that he threw were all completely different. There was the the one that was the least of his fault was when the his arm was hit when he was throwing. Right. That nothing you could do about that one. The line, the line wasn't great last night. By yeah, the you know what? That's that's not his fault. The one that he threw on the the deflection that Hamilton picked off uh, after the scramble shows. You know, we raved about Brock Purdy throwing across his body and stuff like that. But that was a play where he was under pressure last night. Then ended up forcing a ball. Bad decision. That's his fault. You talked about the first one of the read that uh, Hamilton got in, near the end zone. Bad read. The one that I point out to was when they were, it was early second quarter, and he was just throwing a little out pass to Debo, and the blitzing corner came in and deflected it. This was the problem with the Purdy argument, is in those Eagles games, when you're throwing the ball out into the flat, and you give it to Debo, and Debo runs 50 yards. It looks like it's a 50-yard touchdown pass from, from Purdy. Last night, the only reason why that play doesn't work is because Brock Purdy did not throw the ball where it needed to be. That's it. That's plain and simple. And that So you have all these interceptions. If you want to break it down and give him a pass, if he catches, Debo catches that ball and takes it to the house, Doug, we're saying to ourselves, man, what a, what a job by Brock Purdy. But he was the only one that couldn't mess up what he did and he did in that instance, and it ended up costing him. With Dan Byram, Doug Gottlieb, Stan Patrick Show here, Fox Sports Radio. Okay, so does this change your outlook in the NFC? In the NFC, no, because I don't think that there's another team that can play defense like the Ravens. I don't know there's another team in the NFL that can play defense like the Ravens against the Niners, to be perfectly honest with you. Uh, as a whole, yes. In the NFC, no. I, I don't. I don't think that Dallas. I think Dallas has got bigger issues. I think Philadelphia has got issues. This is a Giants team that they dominated. And they should have dominated yesterday. They completely let them back into the game. Yeah, there's a lot of yeah. stuff there. There's 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 a lot with them there, and and it feels like the Tommy DeVito era maybe maybe over there as well. And the Niners, by the way, still hold the tiebreaker for the best record. Uh, all three teams, eleven and four, right now: Lions, Eagles, and Forty ers So if San Francisco wins out, Commanders and Rams, their their final two games, they'll have home field in the first round by. So that's why it doesn't change. Um, what? Uh, I, and I guess Kyle Hamilton's knee is okay, but man, I mean that Ravens defense is so nasty. Man, were they were they flying around there? That was. I, I know Niner, that the Niners have had some offensive line issues at times, but, I mean, they couldn't do anything with that defense. Holy cow. That was an, that's an impressive group. Huh. And, like we said, it's a different level of football, so it, it, feels, it feels bigger and it feels even more dominant. Now, um, so what you're saying is, in the, in the scenario that the, the Niners play the Ravens in the Super Bowl, that changes your perspective but not in the NFC. Correct. I still think that the Niners, um, you know, as bad as the, bad as the Chiefs lost, and they've got a lot of issues, um, you know, may, maybe there's something in Kansas City. Who knows? Uh, I don't think the Dolphins could match up with the Niners, but yeah, in the NFC, nothing's changed. That's how big that game was last night. I mean, Kansas City loses at home to the Raiders. The the Cowboys lose to the Dolphins, and right now, I'm like, we'll, we'll get to that, you know, but... The, the, the Ravens-Niners game was at that level of hype, that level of game, and the buildup of this long, long, long Christmas weekend, Thursday, Saturday, Sunday, 
into Monday gave us so many thoughts going into the next week in the NFL. Speaking of it, um, Lamar Jackson took time to go at Mike Florio. Over what? You'll find out next in the Dan Patrick Show. Be sure to catch the live edition of the Dan Patrick Show weekdays at 9 a.m. Eastern, 6 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Hi, this is Jay Glazer, and you may know me for the world of football or fighting or even shows like HBO's Ballers. What you don't know is for my entire life, I have lived in something I refer to as the gray. Depression, anxiety. So now I'm coming out with a new podcast, Unbreakable, a mental health podcast with Jay Glazer, where each week... While we talk about mental health, I hope to describe it. Give it words. Listen to Unbreakable with Jay Glazer on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game-changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed up. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's the Dan Patrick Show, Fox Sports Radio. Along with Dan Byram, Doug Gottlieb, our guy Jason Stewart back. Good to have Jay Stu back. Legendary Jay Stu. So much to get to. Um... By the way, Byra, you know, I know it doesn't necessarily make it in the uh, in the discussion because, I mean, really, NFL, and if you're going to get to NBA, 
you know, do you deal with what uh, LeBron said about the Lakers not really being at that top level? Not really surprised, not nothing we didn't know, but still. Uh, or do we talk about, you know, Luka uh, dropping 50 or the Celtics blasting the Lakers or the fact that the Suns appear to be a disaster? But I just, I think I think the Bucks. this is not going to end well for the Bucks. They're uh, second in the East. I, uh, I know. I think, I think. I think they're all right. Give them time. Well, my my point about it would be that they're just so different than they've been. And for for many Bucks fans, that may be okay, right? Because Budenholzer was so much about the defense, and and it could be painful sometimes to watch them offensively. And of course, the defense got exposed last year by Jimmy Butler. But this team is wired so differently. And then you have the age of some of, you know, the Chris Middleton's world. So age prevents you defensively, but they're just not the same defensively at all. And that went, that was their calling card. And I do think that, that you have to defend to win an NBA championship. And I don't know if this team can. I thought, I thought they were the best defensive team entering the playoffs last year and they lasted five games. So I'll just, I'm, in I'm fairness, Giannis was hurt those first two games against the Heat. Sure. Right? Okay. Sure. Okay. But uh, yeah, you're you're uh, you watch every game. You know way more about that team than I do. I don't profess to to challenge that. But my fear when they added Lillard was, man, you're you're losing your best perimeter defender, and a guy who's a really good offensive player for a spectacular offensive player who's never been seen as a defender, and that affects the whole rest of the team. And then you change coaching staffs as well. I think there's more a question about that. Okay. I, I'm I'm willing to play out everything, but first year head coach, I do think that there are some questions. But Dame, Good. I think will be fine. All right, let's turn back to the NFL, okay? Because we have lots of questions about the Niners and a guy who's always been um, strong in his opinions is a former Niner, also former Bill Dante Hitner Whitner joining us. Of course, played 11 years defensive back Bills Niners in the National Football League. He's an analyst on NBC Sports Bay Area. Uh, Dante, what what went so wrong last night for the Niners? Everything, everything, and it started with Brock Purdy turning the football over. I, even though two of those interceptions really weren't his fault, it still goes down as a turnover and interception in his book. The defense, not being able to contain Lamar Jackson in the pocket. Too many times the defensive ends were too far upfield, and you have to rush him in unison and rush him appropriately, or we know that he can destroy you, and that's what he did to the 49ers last night. They had seven straight drives, scoring drives, which is unheard of against the 49ers defense. They're going to have to regroup, get healthy, and get ready for the last two games of the season and this, this tough playoff stretch. I know that you said that two of them may not have been his fault, but that would also mean that two of them were. Uh, do you think he pressed it all last night? Do you think that he felt the pressure, Brock Purdy, uh, in the loss to Baltimore? I think he did. And when you play on prime time, Monday night football, you know that everybody's watching. Everybody's talking about you in the MVP conversation. You put a lot of pressure on yourself. And then when you disrespect or the perceived disrespect towards the Baltimore Ravens defense by them being the underdog, you knew they were going to come in and play with their hair on fire. Yes, that first interception to Kyle Hamilton was definitely pressing. And that's one of the easiest covers to see. It's pretty much like a cover four. The safety is sitting there. I think that Kyle Shanahan could have helped him out by – influencing that backside safety Kyle Hamilton with a lot of with a deeper route from George Kittle. But he predetermined where he was going to go with the football and that's what happened in the NFL. And Kyle Hamilton had an excellent game coming away with two interceptions on the night. 
Okay, so how fixable is this? How fixable are the issues? It's very fixable. And the number one thing is don't turn the football over, which is the reason why the 49ers were so dominant in the first place. Going into the game, they had a plus-13 turnover advantage um, in the turnover margin, and, you know, last night they lost it 0-5. to So they just have to get back to their concept. And I think that if Kyle Shanahan could redo it over in the beginning of that game, I don't think that he would have came out with five straight passes. I think that he would have tried to duplicate what Sean McVay and the L.A. Rams did two weeks ago when he came out with five straight motions, five straight runs, and three of those runs went for over 10 yards. I think that they figured out too late that they could really puncture the left side of that, the right side of that defense. Um, but I think that Kyle Shanahan would change that if he had to do it over. I, I got one more issue that I, I, I'm curious in your thoughts because it probably hits home. Are, are you secure in the 49ers' back end on their defense right now? I am secure with them. I am. Going into the season, it was a big question mark. Uh, they lost Jason Barrett early, I mean, last year. Uh, they were replacing um, Mosley. And, you know, they tried with the Amador Lenore, and they went with Isaiah Oliver in the slot. Uh, Isaiah Oliver struggled. They bent Isaiah Oliver, moved the Amador Lenore in the slot, and put Amber Thomas, the second, third-year guy, Michigan, outside. Um, who actually hurt his hamstring last night. So I'm okay with the back end. I just think that Jair Brown, the young safety who played well, they're really just starting to figure out that he's a little overzealous, a little overaggressive, and they're taking advantage of that. And Tashawn Gibson, who had a great season, he had two big penalties to continue drives last night. So it's all about regrouping. It's all about really getting back to the basics, fundamentals, but the only thing that I'm really worried about with the 49ers is their tackling. Their tackling has gradually gotten worse as the season progresses. And entering the playoffs, you can't have a bad tackling defense. Uh, let, me, let me ask you the other side, Dante. Dante Whitner joined us. Of course, you cover the Niners, but you, by covering the Niners, you've seen all these other teams. Lamar and um, the Ravens have only won one playoff game with him at, at quarterback. They changed offenses for that very reason. But they have a lot of injuries on offense. It's still a defense-led team, and then Lamar just makes enough plays. Um, and they have, obviously, Zay Flowers and, and, and OBJ. Do you see a, a sizable enough difference in this offense that leads you to believe you can win in the playoffs with this Ravens team? I do. If Lamar Jackson plays the way he played last night, they can beat anybody on any given day. And they didn't really tweak or change too much in the offense. It's just Lamar Jackson making better decisions and he's going to another gear when he gets outside the pocket. The last three games, he had over 11-plus rushes after they lost the young rookie running back. So it's all Lamar Jackson. It's all him running around, making plays with his offense, which is why every team wants to uh, modernize the quarterback position and go to that mobile quarterback because you can't account for that. And last night, he showed it. A lot of those routes were covered up. He was able to get outside the pocket, use his creativity, and get the ball to underneath throwers, which led to explosive plays. That's why everybody wants a mobile quarterback, and he's the prototype. You know, Dante Whitner joining us here on Fox Sports Radio on the Dan Patrick Show. He's Doug Gottlieb. I'm Dan Bayer. I do want to ask you about Dallas, because I think that there were some that felt that maybe it was a moral victory uh, in Miami the other night. Um, Cowboys don't seem that they're able to run the football. Contender, pretender, what did you see from Dallas over the Christmas holiday? I think if they can get more size on defense, they can contend. But what we've seen is they're very small on defense. They have pass rushers, guys that can attack and get to the quarterback. But when you line up and play 
grown man football, it's very difficult for them to stop opposing offenses. And that's what playoff football is all about. It's about mano y mano. We're going to run the ball. You know we're going to run it. Now stop us. And I don't really see them getting bigger, bulkier, or stronger on defense. But Dak in the offense, they can carry the load. C.D. Lamb looks amazing right now. He might be the number one wide receiver in the NFL currently today. Um, and Dak is playing out of his mind. He just had a hiccup last week. So I think that if the offense can carry them and score 35 points a game in the playoffs, yes, they can contend. I don't know if they can do that, but they're not going to get any bigger on defense. So I don't think that they're really a contender right now. Um, okay, what about the Philadelphia Eagles? You know, we, I think whenever you have a guy like Jalen Hurts and you have the type of skill position talent that they have, they can beat anybody on any given day. And we've seen what their defensive line can do. They haven't really shown that productivity this year, but they have the individual players. And they're trying to figure it out on defense right now before the playoffs begin. So I think, yes, I think Jalen Hurst gives them a competitive advantage over anybody that they play except for the 49ers and maybe the Baltimore Ravens. So I would think that, yes, Philadelphia is still a contender in my mind. Hmm. What about the Bills? Yes, 100%. You're not biased or anything here. Well, no, I'm not. No, no bias. Right? I call it how it is. Whenever you have a quarterback like Josh Allen, right, and you can see that he's taking all of the, 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 the hits in the media and people doubting his abilities and, you know, really talking down on the Buffalo Bills, he's taking it to heart. And you can see that he's getting back to that 2021, 20, early 22 Josh Allen, to where he's willing to do anything at any moment to take his team and lift his team to victory. And their defense has always been scrappy and feisty, coming away with turnovers, winning games, and getting out of situations that, you know, the general public really don't expect them to. So, yeah, I think the Buffalo Bills, because of Josh Allen and the chip on his shoulder, they're a contender. Um, I think it's interesting, you know, we haven't talked to you about the Chiefs. Um, where they get beat by the Raiders. You know, they try to run a trick play and fumble, then throw a pick six. And and yet it's like, all right, are you really going to pick against you know Andy Reid and Pat Mahomes in the playoffs? They're the, they're the opposite of the Ravens in so many ways, right? The Ravens are just so impressive. Like, man, I just ha- they haven't done in the postseason, whereas the Chiefs, and it's gotten progressively worse year to year, where they just mess around in the regular season and they get themselves beat. Get in the playoffs, they figure out a way. Do they have the guys to be able to figure out a way with Mahomes? Not this year. All great things come to an end. And I think that we're seeing pretty much the end of that dynasty. And when you pay your quarterback so much, you don't have enough to spread around to everybody else. And you're really depending on those young receivers developing into playmakers like Tyreek Hill was for that offense, being able to clear so much area space for other guys. They don't have that guy. And there's only so much magic that Patrick Mahomes can, you know, dispel on that team. He's tried everything, but we've seen the players around him fail. So I think that this is the year where other teams in that division are really starting to catch up to the Kansas City Chiefs. I think they have a smidget of a chance because their defense is playing well, and you really never want to count against Patrick Mahomes, but deep in my heart, my instincts tells me that it's, it's pretty much over for those guys. 
Okay, I, I, Doug, I got to switch gears because I do Go. have a college question. Go. Um, I know it's not a huge revolving door, but as a Buckeye, are you concerned at any of the movement that we have seen over the last month with players out of the program, recruiting-wise, um, don't necessarily know who's going to be their quarterback in 2024? Any concern in that end as a former Buckeye, Dante Whitner? I think every team has concern. They really don't really understand the whole NIL situation. They don't understand the transfer portal. A lot of it is pretty much free agency, similarly to the NFL. And, yes, with the Buckeyes, I am concerned. When you get your starting quarterback that transfers out, that tells me there's instability there. And we've seen the 49ers quarterbacks over the last few years that have come through there that have uplifted the program and taken them to heights consistently finishing in a top four, having a chance to compete for a championship. They don't have that guy right now. But I do tell you this. If I was Marvin Harrison or one of these highly touted guys, and if the numbers are accurate that I'm seeing, 20 to 25 million. They're they're not, Dante. They're they're not. They're not. No, nobody's making $20 million to stay one year in college. Well, I was going to say. They're just not. That money doesn't exist. That's that's not. Boy, at Ohio State, I would beg to differ. No, I I, to it, differ. It, 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 no. There's not twenty million dollars in nil for an entire team. There's just not. No, 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 no. But a guy like Marvin Harrison, somebody could come up with it. Nobody's but, coming up with twenty million dollars to pay Marvin Harrison Jr. to stay at Ohio State. It's just not. I, I'm like I. But and and but here's the, here's the other part to it. Okay, because I think what 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 they mean is it's more like what your salary would be your first year, right? It's like. Three million to three million. It's the same salary, so why go? Why go pro when you can stay in college? But the issue is, you want to get towards that second contract, and every year you stay in college keeps you away from getting to that second contract, right? So that's the balance. Absolutely. But there's still no guarantee that you're going to make it to that second contract, which is why the average per year for an NFL player is consistently dropping. The data is showing that it's dropping, and there aren't too many players that are reaching their second deals. You have individual guys on teams, but yeah, yeah, yeah. It's similar. So I was, I was him, and they out offering Archie Manning is getting what three and a half million. I saw that. Yeah. There's no way that Marvin Harrison can't demand ten million, twelve million dollars to stay at Ohio State. I think that they could come up with that. But this is just you know scenarios. But I would if I was Harrison or one of these top guys, I would stay in college and get the education and really then then transition to the NFL. That's Dante Whitner. He played 11 years as a defensive back in the NFL. He's a three-time Pro Bowler. He's a great analyst for NBC Sports Bay Area. Dante, thanks so much for joining us. Thank you guys for having me. Happy holidays. You too. The hottest rookies, biggest superstars, and all-time greats. The only place to collect them all is with Panini um, Trading Cards, the official trading cards of the Dan Patrick Show. For instant classics, autographed cards, memorabilia cards, rare inserts, and more, start or continue your collection now at PaniniAmerica.net. I'm Doug Gottlieb. He's Dan Byerwin for Dan the Danettes. Coming up next on the Dan Patrick Show at Fox Sports Radio, LeBron James made some comments about his own team and their ceiling. Want to hear it? It's next. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at FoxSportsRadio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. 
Unbelievable! When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed up. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What up? Good morning to you. Dan Patrick Show, Fox Sports Radio. Coming to you from sunny, crisp Los Angeles. It's winter. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. The Dan Patrick Show, Fox Sports Radio, the iHeartRadio app. Reminding you, Mercedes-Benz holiday love celebration is here. Incredible offers on exceptional vehicles you're bound to love, like the EQB, the C-Class, the EQE, SUV. Find an exclusive offer on your vehicle you'll adore now through January 2nd. Learn more at mbusa.com slash special offers. Um, Dan, there are a lot of things that happened over this NFL weekend, right? It's it's You and I discussed last hour. If you're just waking up, good morning to you. If you're just... Getting out from your family's house, you're driving back home, wherever you're driving. Thanks so much for, for joining us. I, I want to lock in on, on the Chiefs' loss, but it's really interesting that we haven't discussed, and I don't know how many people go back and discuss, Pittsburgh's demolition of Cincinnati. Right? The, the Bills surviving the Chargers. Those are just Saturday. And then Sunday gave us um, another Flacco virtuoso, just as we thought we'd wake up th- with this this year with the 10 and 5 Cleveland Browns led by Joe Flacco. <laughs> oh, oh yeah, by the way, Baker Mayfield's playing really well. Tampa uh looks to be uh close to the playoffs here. Um your your Seahawks get a road win over Tennessee. The Jets survive a furious comeback by uh, Washington. 
Um, Chicago beats Arizona. New Eng- what about the New England-Denver thing? Like, how about how bad Russell Wilson was to start that game? Or how bad they were early? And then they nearly come back and win the game, only to have uh, Bailey Zappi lead him down and get a, a game-winning field goal from a kicker who had missed a field goal and missed an extra point yeah. earlier in the game. And kickers had some trials and tribulations this season. And then to to have that moment on Christmas Eve on national TV, essentially eliminating the Broncos from any hope of the postseason. Um, yeah, crazy. I, I don't think Patriot fans wanted to win. I know no. Patriot fans didn't want to win. because No, but this, this is the Belichick thing. But this is the, I, I talked about this mid-year. It's like he's such a good coach that, and, and look, they haven't done a good enough job in player acquisition, but it's a lot easier to do when you're selecting earlier in the draft, right? The misses aren't as great. And they keep winning games. Hell, they'll probably win in a couple more games. I mean, they just will. So, I yeah, they, they keep killing themselves in the draft. Um, man, I, how many games? I was talking to a buddy of mine um, in Denver. Actually, Brandon Cristal, as you know, he covers the Denver Broncos. And I called him. I said, every Russell Wilson game ever, right? I mean, didn't that – I understand he played – Worse early, and the third quarter debacle with all the turnovers were worse than Seattle days. But how many Russell Wilson games have you seen where he's just trying to run around and make a play late in a really close sure. game? It, it's incredible how that happens. And they had two two-point conversions to bring him back and tie the game. And then they give up a game-winning field goal. It was nuts. It was uh, for that game, which I think so many of us thought was going to be a clunker because it was on paper, even though the Broncos had postseason aspirations for that to live up to exciting football. And I, I actually was pulling for the Patriots. It's just crazy enough that everybody else probably wasn't meeting Patriot fans themselves. But yeah, it was, it was great. There, there were a lot of stuff that this is what happens on these extended weekends. Right. Doug, as you said, the Saturday games seemed like they were a week away, uh, you know, a week ago, like the Dallas Cowboys, like, we kind of graze over over that game because who knows what's really going to play out with the Dolphins now that the Ravens have won. Huge game, obviously, coming up between those two teams in Week 17. But like Dallas has got an issue running the football. They, they fumbled on the one-yard line. On, and on a previous play, Tony Pollard had a surefire touchdown if you just run for the pylon or you dive for the goal line, and he does neither. And what do they do? They then take him out, try to get kind of cute, and have a fullback dive fullback. and fumble. Yeah. And 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 the reason that I think it's, it's so magnified is from also what we saw on Sunday night. Here is Ezekiel Elliott, who, you know, doesn't have tons left in the tank, comes in and is the Patriots' main bell cow because Ramondre Stevenson is hurt. And here he's leading New England to a victory, a meaningless victory for them. Now, not a huge you know game rushing, but still, he had nine catches. They only went for 33 yards, but he scores the touchdown. And that's all Dallas needed from him. You know, like you look back on on what you know they've got as a team, that situation at the goal line against the Dolphins is exactly why you had Ezekiel Elliott on your team. Sure. Sure, short yards back. Yeah. And then, then you see what happens just a couple of hours later. It's just it's it's funny on how these lines all cross in the National Football League and you come back again and you know, you're seeing familiar foes and familiar names. But yeah, that that Dallas loss to Miami, uh, 
I, I think it's really got to got to sting the Cowboys because I think it revealed certain warts as well. No, all these all these these games, these higher level games, reveal the real warts. And it's weird because I'm sure, like, if you're a half-full guy, you're sitting there going, like, yeah, they give it to a fullback. But if you watch the play, if he just holds on the ball, he goes in the end zone. It, it worked. The problem is that they never even got the, the quarterback uh, yeah. fullback exchange. He hit him right in the shoulder pads, and he had his hands, like, to, like, this kind of basic football. But uh, to your point, why are you handing it to a fullback? If you have Zeke Elliott, he yawns his way sure. into the end zone. Yeah, everybody's trying the tush-push. Do it with Dak. You know, it just it's. I think that it was representative of maybe just a couple of bigger issues with the Cowboys, who were the flavor of the month a couple of weeks ago after you know they they beat the, uh, the you know demolished the Eagles in in Dallas. But yeah, that was a that was a that was a tough one. Good one for the Dolphins, but yeah, tough for Dallas. Okay, so uh, what do we do with the Raiders now? Right, and by say what do we, what do we do with them? Like they're not going to make the playoffs, um, and Antonio Antonio Pierce. You know, now it looks like a conquering hero. And and they're playing with way better energy, but the two pick sixes is why they, they, yeah. they won, right? Yeah. And so, like, is that, I, I guess that's just the it's question. Got to be his job, right? Has to be. But then, so, so what you have to do to make this work is, now you got to be smart and put in place guys around him that can do the things he doesn't do. Right? You got to... You got to have a general manager that you you got to work hand in hand with with what he wants, but you're gonna have to have somebody really experienced, you know. And for uh, the offensive side of the ball, same thing, right? One, there's got to be a pre-existing relationship, right? It doesn't work otherwise. But two, there has to be the level of respect for you can go do that, and I'll come in. And defensively, where's his area of expertise? But still, he's more motivator than anything else. Of course, it can work. You know, the the hardest thing in many ways is getting guys to just play for the coach. Right, that's the hardest thing. We we work backwards sometimes where we want new ideas. Right? We want somebody who runs a new, fresh system. And and that does work to a point, but you have to have the ability to relate to the players in any form or fashion. It doesn't mean you have to be a foreign player. It doesn't mean you have to be of a specific race. It just means like you'll know when you know, and you know that those guys clearly like playing for them. That win yesterday would mean more obviously in Kansas City against the Chiefs fully but would would mean so much more than any win that they had earlier in the season with Josh McDaniels as their head coach if they were firing on all offensive cylinders with Josh McDaniels as their head coach yesterday's win means 10 times more and this in a game where again they did not complete a pass in the second third or fourth quarters the first quarter was the only quarter the Raiders completed a forward pass, and they still won the football game against one of your most hated rivals within your division. Who has one of the greatest quarterbacks ever and one of the co- greatest coaches ever yeah. on the road in one of the best environments in all of uh, all of football. And and so, you know, the, offensively, obviously, you're starting Aiden O'Connell. You don't have uh, you don't have Josh Jacobs. You know, there's there's warts and the head coach that you just fired. It's basically his offense. So you're going to take a step back, but to to figure out a way to win in that game, my goodness! Remember when we went to Rams camp and, and you and Les Snead are still, you know, uh, sorry Raiders fans, but talking about the Rams' victory over the Raiders, 
with Baker Mayfield. Yeah. You know, and like it was still like it was still a game that you want to talk to. This is that game for the Raiders. And so that is why that game gives Antonio Pierce this job full time, because this is the game that you talk about uh, for years and years and years. And you learn from your mistakes of not giving Rich Bisaccia the job. I don't know if it's going to work out. I think it's an insult to Dan Campbell to say, hey, this is a Dan Campbell sort of hire. Because I think it's complete, uh, maybe not completely different. There are a lot of things that are different, and I think that Dan Campbell needs credit for. But I don't well, think that well, Mark uh, Davis is going to make that mistake. I would say this is like, and Dolphins, I remember, Dan Campbell took over the Dolphins, right? And when he did, it was incredible energy. They won a couple of games, and then it kind of leveled off at the end. But there was a, there were a lot of people in Miami that, um, that up until they hired Mike McDaniels, thought that that Dan they let Dan Campbell get away because he was just the interim coach so I agree it's not like the Dan Campbell Detroit hire but it is like had the Miami Dolphins uh stuck with Dan Campbell after he was the interim coach well he you know when and he was the interim coach back in the day I think the was it Gase that came after Campbell was that the case? I, I, yeah. Yes. Yeah, because he. But had, I, th- I think there was somebody before. I want to say there was somebody before Gates, but maybe not. Uh, but, but the other thing that Campbell did with the Lions was, like, like Antonio Pierce was a giant, but man, is he a Raider? You know, like, like it fits, so it works well there. The Lions weren't that organization. Detroit and the city, I think, works with Campbell, but like that organization. Campbell's fingerprints are on that. And Ben Johnson's going to leave, and Dan Campbell's going to have to figure out a way next season to continue this run without his star offensive coordinator. But that defense plays with an edge. That defense made the play at the end of the game, you know, to uh, to knock off Minnesota. Four, four turnovers in that game. That's the thing of, it's not just as easy as, oh, they're doing a Dan Campbell thing. Same thing. Ha, ha, ha. Let's move on. Like, I think we have to give Dan Campbell some credit. And I just don't think that Mark Davis is willing to make the same mistake twice, which is why Antonio Pierce is probably going to, keep that job here's antonio pierce after the game talking about it uh, getting it done while not completing a pass after the first quarter talk about the pride you feel in zamir i mean he stepped up and he performed on a big stage in a big game well this is talk really about really what's been going on the last couple of weeks you got mumford at left tackle you got dylan meredith left guard back and forth with dylan and, and dre at center rookie quarterback second year running back tight end off practice squad Guys are stepping up. Next man up mentality. Team, team football. Team football, right? Um, and really hats off to Zamir, because at the end we say, man, no fair dodging. No fair dodging. If they're in your way, run through them. And he did just that. So uh, he, he he's no, no fair dodging. I'm going to say that to you, Dan, by the way, every day you come in. Hey, Dan, <laughs> come here. No fair dodging. All right. It's like, mm, what are you talking about? I heard Antonio Pierce say it. It works for them. It's going to work for us. Those nod and smile. No, no fair dodging. Uh, there'll be T-shirts. No fair dodging on Instagram later on. Later on today. I need to correct myself. Uh, yeah. Campbell took over for Joe Philbin, and then after Campbell, Adam Gase came in. Well, and, and again, like Joe Philbin was, Joe Philbin was like a prof- professorial grandpa, right? He was. He felt like a guy who would wear spectacles when he's calling plays, not not glasses, spectacles. And Dan Campbell came in, and Dan Campbell's like, you know, he's like, he makes coffee nervous. And when I when I went down there, I I got to do one sideline for Fox for for Big Fox on TV, and and it was 
Gaze had a good year that year. That was it was actually the game the game that Osweiler uh, got the start because Tannehill hurt his shoulder. But there, you, everybody walked. He's like, you know, what I really liked. We should have hired Dan Campbell. He was fun. The guys liked him, right? And that's what you got with Antonio Pierce, right? Like, what does he do? Like, I don't know. Who cares? They play hard. Yeah, they like him, and that's that's like part of that's part of any business. We do we do understand that. I like you. Every, every, we think that football and professional sports is glamorous. And, and it is. There's a lot of glamour to it. But at some point, every season becomes a slog, right? I mean, how many of these teams are seven and eight to eight and seven? You know, and you're like, you're, you're close to getting the playoffs, but you're also close to getting fired. You know, and you're like, ah, we got to go to work. You better like and respect the guy who you go in and have to take orders from. And it, again, it doesn't. It's not about age. It's not about experience. Okay? It's it's yeah. some of its reputation, right, and respect. But I mean, like it, it feels like it's working. Why are we overthinking this thing? And there's there's another comparison that I think we use sometimes in college football, and it's much worse there, where a coach leaves and someone wins a bowl game. Yes. And you feel that that's your guy to lead because of what happened over those three weeks. Yes. Antonio Pierce has had enough, you know, time on the job. It's not like college at all. So you can you can make a judgment from that. I think college programs fall victim to it. I think Bill Stewart, when Rich Rod left West Virginia, one of the most telling ones. Oh, that was an all timer right yeah, there, Bill Stewart. Yeah. They won the bowl game against Oklahoma, right? That. Yeah, I was there. Yeah. They were going crazy. It was just yes. in. Yeah, that that's the that's like the vice presidential bump, right? Like you get this little bump, and guys like, oh, the dictator's gone. We play great for one game. Like, yeah, that, that's what I would have thought with Antonio Pierce the first couple of weeks, but this has been a sustained level of energy with a, a with a really flawed roster. And then it's like the, unless you're going to go get Harbaugh, unless you're going to go get Harbaugh or somebody who's proven, essentially everybody's unproven. Right? That's a big thing. Like Ben Johnson, he does a great job at the Lions offense. But he's not proven as a head coach. No way. Antonio Pierce is actually more proven as a head coach. His overall coaching isn't proven. But again, that's when you sit him down and go, all right, what's your plan, Tone? Let's figure out let's let the, who are the guys who know what you don't know so we can hire them. And we can, and that you can let them do their job, because this is a big thing. Like it's a different job. That move over from coordinator to head coach, different skill set. You know, different skill set. You got to speak to the whole room. And some guys can do that. I mean, like John Harbaugh is clearly a very, very good head coach. He's a special teams coordinator. He wasn't calling. We look for all these calling sure. guys calling plays. He's been good. The Ravens have been good just about every year. I mean, they've had some major health issues going back. But even last year with all the health issues, still went to the playoffs, should have won the game if, if they hold on to the football, go in the end zone. So a head coach is a head coach, and it doesn't necessarily matter the coordinator aspect to it. It's more the likability or, or ability to get guys to play for you. I, th- I think that's a – I think that's a, the, the biggest the biggest thing, especially in the NFL. I'm Doug Gottlieb. He's Dan Byer. We're in for Dan and the Danettes. Coming up on the Dan Patrick Show here on Fox Sports Radio. Was any sports team more generous to their fans this holiday season than the L.A. Dodgers? We'll get into that next. 
What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.